This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous March 7th, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, Stuart Turley. My man, how we doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, I'm whipped, dude. It's a brutal day. It's been a long day. Um, it's actually been a very productive day for me. So I, I feel on top of things. Um, but it's a it, technically as we record this on a Monday, I, I'm happy just to be rolling over in it finally, finally on Tuesday. But you have a great, great uh news list lined up for the show today, Stu. First up, we've got advanced nuclear power could transform the US maritime industry. Next up, we have the Inflation Reduction Act is very good at one thing, making billionaires richer. Um, that's a pretty big interesting dive, and I'm excited to hear what Stu has on that. This next headline is just frightening. No, the Fukushima water release is not going to kill the Pacific Ocean. Now I'm nervous that some people think it will kill the Pacific Ocean. So Stu will have to (laughs) calm my fears about whatever is going on with this uh, nuclear waste release out um, in Japan. Next, we have Western U.S. cities vote to move ahead with novel nuclear power plant. I think that's really interesting. Stu will cover what that means for the nuclear industry. He'll kick it over to me. I'll cover what happened um, in the oil markets. We it was sustained above 80 today, which is great. Um, and on the uh, natural gas side, the headlines, all you need to know is there was the word implode. So um, you can <laughs> guess what that means. Um, I'll save the meat and potatoes for later. And then I will cover quickly. Stu and I are going to talk about um, an LNG agreement between a large U.S. onshore producer and one of the largest um, oil and gas trading firms. Um, I think it signals some of the stuff that Stu has been talking about. We'll cover all that in a bag of chips, guys. But first, Check us out on the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, your best combination for data and news. We are hard at work at V2. Again, energynewsbeat.com. Check out the description below. It has links to all of the articles which are available on that website. Stu, I'm out of breath. Where would you like to begin? Hey, let's start with advanced nuclear power could transform U.S. maritime industry. You know what? I've always been a fan of nuclear. I got to hand it to the U.S. military with uh, taking you know the charge over all these years. U.S. maritime industry has taken a third street, uh, you know, seat in the back row. Uh, they have not done very well, and I think that. If we really used some of the technology that is talked about in here is a molten salt reactor, uh, MSR, molten salt reactor is an advanced nuclear reactor that's fueled by molten fuel salts rather than solid fuel elements um, and runs a very high temperature between 500 degrees Celsius to 700 degrees Celsius. Pretty darn cool on this. And I mean, this engine could flat change the maritime 
carbon and output and everything else. I I think that this was really one of the best stories I'd read in a long time. I do believe, and I've always thought that it's surprising that we only have nuclear submarines and not nuclear ships, like these big, large um, container ships that roll around. So I'm very interested. And I think this is a great early proof of concept. Again, I think the problem with nuclear is the cost. I think that's critical in this development is can the cost be commercial enough to allow for multiple different use cases? Uh, I Yes, it is coming around the corner and nukes are getting smaller. However, take a, uh, a note that uh, Russia has had uh, a fleet of nuclear powered icebreakers for a long time. There, I mean, so the nuclear fleets around the world are safe. I mean, I, I really truly believe if it's they're operated correctly, absolutely. You know, I and we have aircraft carriers that are nukes. We I, we only have like, we do we do. Uh, so there are ships that are nuclear powered. So I just I love how you just call them. We're making the nukes smaller. It's just you can't call them nukes because that just now my the hair on the back of my head just goes ding nukes. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. Now I still go keep going back to my my buddies over in the Copenhagen Atomics that thorium reactor. I'm hot on that. So uh, give me some thorium and give me some Copenhagen uh, Atomics. I really Ooh. can't wait for them to get them rolling. You heard it here first on the EMB podcast, guys. Thorium reactors. What's next, Stu? All right. Well, you don't believe that one, do you? Not quite. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Inflation Reduction Act is very good at one make at one thing: making billionaires richer. Uh, for our podcast listeners, the article has a picture of, I believe, Captain Kangaroo's son. If you don't know who Captain Kangaroo is, this kid looks just like Captain Kangaroo. But anyway, <laughs> Fairhead Fred Abraman, eighty-four. He'd be about the right age for. Captain Kangaroo's son. Uh, instead, Denver-based software entrepreneur made his initial fortune in 1990s publishing software Quark Express. But uh, he's then had another investment in Brammy made West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin for his uh, recent good fortune, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. And I believe that... Uh, Dan Bongini calls it the Porculus Bill, uh, is actually correct. Uh, these are about the solar panels. Even before the bill, First Solar had a backlog, which is now ballooned to more than 16 gigawatts. That means billions in tax credits for First Solar and ample incentive to build more factories in Ohio, Indiana, and India. Osborne thinks that the company can deliver these expectations. Earnings could grow to $24 a share by 2026. Um, the number one problem with the Inflation Reduction Act, it has zero ability to to reduce the inflation. It's going to put all of the money into renewable uh, pork, and it's going to be driving a lot of foreign countries coming in to tap into that money. So he is a perfect example of a investor that his solar investment is worth $1 billion. And 
it is growing even more. So investors investing in solar are good. The rich get richer and the poor get the bill on their energy bill. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes as no surprise that when you hand out, you know, billions of dollars of subsidies that the rich who run the companies are going to just basically be able to swoop in and basically take all of this. So that doesn't come as a shock to me. Um, it, I, I do agree with Bongino's analysis. This thing is full of a lot of pork. So it'll be, again, we, we know how it's getting doled out. If you're in the renewable space, you're going to have your hand out, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out, Stu. Again, I'm not an ex, I'm not a political expert, so I don't want to pontificate on how you no, go about fixing this other than there's no reason to even pass this bill in the first place. Well, the, the one thing that I do uh, am taking offense to is people saying that an article yesterday came out on Sunday or the day before and said $16 billion of subsidies were given back to oil and gas investors. That is not true. Uh, stock buyback programs are going money that they've earned going back to investors. That's not subsidies. But the other folks are calling those subsidies. So let's get the word subsidy right. Okay. Yeah. What's uh, next? Uh, let's. Uh, thanks for letting me have a uh, one. Uh, a uh, rant. Okay. No, the Fukushima water release is not going to kill the Pacific Ocean. After we go into some of the stats in here, there are some things that are kind of funny about this. Michael, you hit it right on the nose. All right. Who thinks it's going to be a bad thing? The storage tanks in Fukushima contain 1.3 million tons or equivalent of 500 Olympic sized swimming pools. The reason they need to let the water out into the ocean is because they need to clean more of it. Tritium is a half-life of 12.3 years, meaning in 100 years passes before the radioactivity is negligible. Part of the problem is they've been able to filter it out. The filtering process of the of the nuclear uh, waste in the water is very, very good. It's a technology that is approved. Now, here's where it is different than the polychlorine that has been dumped around Ohio and is now being burned in the furnaces. That cannot be simply filtered out. It has to be demoleculed in order right. to be cleaned. You can filter radioactive material. You cannot filter polychlorides. Yeah. So there is a significant difference. Dr. Chalmers was a guest on my podcast, and it shows a true difference. I would rather go yep. swimming outside of Fukuyama, uh, as opposed to, sorry, that was an Oklahoma way to talk again, Fukuyama. <laughs> you know, it would almost be like us creating another Godzilla, you know, have you ever, do you ever see the one Saturday Night Live skit where Godzilla was standing there and Baba Wawa was interviewing Godzilla and Baba Wawa goes, uh, Mr. Godzilla, how do you do it? And he goes, this is my favorite move. And for my podcast listeners, I'm going to demonstrate Godzilla. Oh, God. <laughs> so he was a guy in a rubber suit. You're not going to have Godzilla even though it is in Japan, it's not going to happen. And I feel very good about this weight. It is not waste. So I can stop stocking up on canned goods. 
No, keep stocking up because that's Japan. <laughs> and we are, uh, they're taking the Ohio pollution. They're putting it into incinerators with the dirt and it's being reactivated and shoved back into the atmosphere 30 miles away from Palestine, Ohio. So it is now repolluting the entire area of Ohio and East and going into more water. Not only did they make a disaster of it, they are pouring nuclear waste on this problem. I mean, it's just despicable how they're doing it. All right, let's go to the next one. Any questions? <laughs> no, I just, there's nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they are, uh, I, I'm serious. The Biden administration on this is absolutely creating one of the, it's going to be worse than the Japanese um, nuclear. Yes, it's going to be worse. All right, let's go to the next one. Western cities vote to move ahead with novel uh, nuclear power plant. This has got some humor in it. If you can imagine me getting tickled at, at news stories, NewScale, I've interviewed uh, one of their executives. NewScale is a nice little company. I think that it is a small SMR uh reactor is actually a good thing. Small modular reactors plant at the Idaho National Laboratory. If successful, the six reactor 462 megawatt carbon free power project will run in 2030. New scale said in the uh, target price for the power plant was $89 per megawatt hour up 53% from the previous $58 per megawatt hour, a jump that and Increase concerns. What gets me in this is the time that it took to get the approval processes done. The inflation has caused this thing to go up. We need to stop lollygagging on this and get it rolling on these nuclear plants, or we won't be able to do this. When did they start first try to permit this? Um, 2020, they bribed uh, $1.35 billion over 10 years for the project. But here's the problem. New Scale has been trying to do this for previous 10 years to get it to this mm, point. Okay, so, so I mean, you're talking, yeah, inflation's hit just a little bit. Uh, rut row, you know, all Scooby and Shaggy are about ready to try to find another Scooby snack. <laughs> and the Scooby snack is going to be glowing. This is just <laughs> un unbelievable. We've got, and it's just the same thing with renewables. We have the Inflation Reduction Act, but we're not going to be able to get any more renewable online because there's nobody that can uh, install these things because of regulatory problems. Same thing with nuclear. It's the regulation, stupid, that's causing all these problems. No, it is. So, uh, all right. Um, that's it for I me. Mean, that's it for you. Well, um, great <laughs> articles. A lot of nuclear today. I'm almost. Um, I, I, I feel know. glowing. I'm all. I, gonna, I'm say, I, don't know, I don't know how we should feel about it. <laughs> I love nuclear. Um, Finance-wise, I think we saw pretty flat on the overall markets. S&P 500 and NASDAQ were both up early in the trading session, but only finished about a tenth and a half a, or and a, and a, and a half a percentage point above their opening. So not much movement. On the oil uh, side, we did see uh, prices sustain above $80, which is great to see. We were all the way down to about 78 towards the open, but have currently trading around 80 or 48 as we record this about 630. Again, I think the main 
push on the bull side is going to be China demand. If you've got people coming out, we saw US job reports comes in focus this week. Um, we saw the Gunvol CEO who we're going to talk about specifically with Chesapeake come out and say he they're seeing increased um, oil supply flowing to China. So there's a lot of tea leaves out there specifically on that front that hopefully continue to push that bull case. Again, it'll be interesting to see how those dynamics continue to play out. Again, I have a hard time seeing 85 plus on WTI. We sit at 80 right now. I don't know how much running room we have north. But again, remember that target window is $100 for Brent. That's what everyone keeps saying. Brent's sitting at 87.31 as we record this about 6.30 here on the 6th. So it'll be interesting to see um, how high that number does go. I don't think it's going to get there. Um, But again, uh, time will tell and prove us either right or wrong. On the natural gas side, guys, as I mentioned in the open, the word, the headline coming out of uh, NatGas Intel, Stu, included the word implode. That title goes, natural (laughs) gas futures prices crash after weather models implode and slash fundamental support. That tells you all you need to know. We saw warmer weather um, due on the horizon Horizon, which is going to completely sort of chop off any bullish case that was having on natural gas. To give you an idea, we are expecting a BCA 62 to 83 BCF draw from our natural gas storage, where we usually see about 162 BCF. So you're talking about a 50% decrease in the amount of withdrawals this week to correspond with that relatively warmer weather. It's been significantly smaller draws year to um, date, mainly the focus um, of the analysis today. We also um, did get some fresh numbers out of some uh, private data suppliers showing that LNG demand has hit a fresh high, but it's kind of funny. LNG demand stew in US hits fresh high. Now gas prices tumble to $2.50, six off $3. So it gives you an idea about how much actual export capacity we have. Because if we at all had export capacity that could handle more natural gas, we would be pumping to it, but we just don't. And you know, again, coming back to myself, the overemphasis that I had on Freeport really hampered my long-term vision of natural gas. And going forward, I'm gonna it's gonna be critical when I make decisions now because we've learned the hard lessons, Stu. We have learned the hard lesson. Speaking of that, Stu, there's one story I wanted to kind of cover that I, I want your opinion on because this is something that you've been following closely internationally, all of these different long-term LNG deals. Well, the United States company gets into it, Chesapeake Energy. They and Gunvol, we just talked about them um, in the oil segment, announced today a 15-year, 2 million tons LNG per year export LNG facility, which will specifically be marketed to the European markets. Um, that's one of the larger export LNG deals specifically from a US company that's out of the Haynesville stew. So this is going to be an East Coast export. What are your thoughts on this? Talk me through what what, what you think the what's going on here. Well, it's going to be indexed to the Japan Korean marker, the JKM. Uh, for a period of 15 years. This to me, again, is going to be one of the things that will help um, solve some of the main issues out of Europe and in Asia, because this is the Japan-Korean marker. It's actually going to help the stabilize the LNG market. Now, think about that. I mean, if you've got a 15-year contract for LNG, that's exactly what was missing. Uh, out of that whole political debacle that they call this beloved place, the EU. Uh, the EU is sitting there trying to think that they could go on and, and have the LNG. So uh, you're seeing people back up and go, wait a minute, 
maybe a 15 year contract's not that bad. 17, you're seeing 27. So, uh, and that's what we even talked about uh, on yesterday's show that you're going to see Russia and China entering into a very long pipeline deal. And uh, China is going to be doing another pipeline deal with them. You're going to see that. You heard it here second. You heard it here second. Breaking some news. <laughs> some random guy on Substack first wrote it. No, that was me. So, uh, You got anything else, Stu? I'm done. No, that was a big day, dude. It was a lot of nuclear. So stay safe out there, everybody. Um, but with that, we're going to let you get out of here, guys. Get back to work. Thanks for checking us out. World's Greatest Energy Podcast. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.